We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome in. It's Friday, and you know what that means. It's Front Office Friday! Let's go! Front Office Friday here to talk NBA basketball with you kicking off the weekend. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith. Find him at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, we haven't gotten to do a, a live Friday show in a bit. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. We've both been uh, doing some traveling and then just getting settled into the routines with school starting and all that. So we're, we're, we're back and hopefully back, uh, you know, for good on the Fridays now for, for at least a little while. And we're, man, we're like a month from training camp starting up a month and right. a week or so, whatever it is. But yeah, man, I'm pumped. World cup was on this morning. I've been up since uh three 45. So I'm, I'm uh, wired and ready to go. You got up for the first world cup. The U S isn't even playing today. <laughs> I did. Did. I well, I get up and watched uh, Australia and Finland mostly for the most part. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure you had a, a blast with that. I saw that uh, Team Canada looked uh, looked pretty strong. Huh? SGA doing his thing. 
Yeah, he, he looked great. Really, uh, they, they took over in that uh, second half of that game and really you know ha- handled France with relative ease in that second half. Big thing was they clamped down defensively. Evan Fournier had a monster first half for France, mm-hmm. and then they they pretty much put Lou Dort on him, locked him down, and, and that was kind of it. France struggled to get anything going after that. So Evan Fournier had his uh, come trade for me first half, <laughs> basically, but then uh... – uh, Canada was able to to lock down after that. Yeah, I saw it was pretty close at halftime, and then and then Canada was able to to take a commanding lead, ended up winning in a, in yep. a blowout. Um, well, that's something that that helps scratch the itch a little bit. It helps get us through <laughs> until yeah. the NBA season can come back. We of course For have sure. Team USA playing early tomorrow morning, um, so we've got that coming up. But and by the way, if you want to watch Team USA with the Lakers Nation crew, I know Sean Davis, Ryan Ward, I'll be traveling, but Sean Sean Davis and Ryan Ward will be over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Come hang out and watch Team USA uh, with us. We talk through the whole thing, watch watch the game, hang out. It's a good time. Um, as far as the NBA goes, Giannis, is this, you know, we are in an era of superstar trades, not free agent signings, but trades, that's how we're seeing players move from team to team in this era of the NBA. And now Giannis is throwing into question whether or not he will sign an extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. In fact, saying he's not going to do it till 2024 if he even goes down that path. He's got to see some things from the organization first. Is Giannis the next guy on the trade market? Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll see. I think you know, Giannis is doing what superstars do, which is I'm going to put the pressure on the organization, you know, let's keep being good, right? Keep signing the right guys, re-signing the right guys. Let's let's try to keep contending. I thought he was very clear in that, basically saying, hey, if we are not going to be contending, I don't want to be here. I've I've won a title for the city. Uh, I'm very much paraphrasing, but, you know, I always love Milwaukee, but we won a title already here. Like, I want to win titles. That's what it's all about. For me, it's not about just, you know, playing it out and running out the string here. So I we'll, we'll, we'll see. He's putting pressure on them. And there's probably, you know, Drew Holiday's extension eligible now. So there's probably a little bit of that in there as well. They did resign Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. So I think Giannis is just applying that pressure of, hey, before you get cute and think, you know, let's maybe reset and we'll always have Giannis. I think he's saying, man, let's not do that. Let's keep being a good team. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a question here from, uh, from Michael said, why wouldn't he just sign and request a trade if he wants? Can't the bucks pay him more than others? I mean, we're also seeing the danger of that though, sure. with, or the danger of, <laughs> of that done. with what's happening with Damian Lillard and, and James Harden. It's hard and thing to pull off. <laughs> well done. I like it. I like it. It is Friday. Um, when we look at, at the, the landscape of the NBA, I, I, I talked about this recently on, on the Lakers nation uh, show said that the NBA, this current NBA, it is all about trades, right? Free agency, it's not as much of a thing because so many guys are shining extensions. They've, there's this prevailing thought that you need to lock up the money now, figure out your destination later. You can always push for a trade. And so as a result, pure cap space probably isn't quite as valuable as it used to be. If you've got players on good cost control contracts that teams are going to be interested in trading for, that can be certainly more valuable in, in landing a star than cap space would be in years past. If we look at past iterations of, of the NBA, but all of that being said, there's this, I think there's going to be a pushback and maybe it's happening now against the notion that players can 
have their cake and eat it too, that they can sign the big contract and still dictate where it is that they're going to go. Um, so that would be the danger of Giannis signing this extension. If that thought becomes the prevalent, prevalent thinking among NBA ownership and general managers and decision makers, um, that could be problematic if Giannis is to sign an extension, essentially handing control over to the Bucks, and then Milwaukee can just say, no, we're, we're not going to trade you. Um, and maybe we get to a point where teams are going to start doing that. Yeah, I, I think we've also hit a point where for the um, this situation too, there is now language where if you publicly request a trade, you can get fined for it. Clearly, that hasn't happened just yet. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see now. Damian Lillard did come oh, out and confirm. Yeah, we need to know, talk that about he, that. He requested a trade, so we'll we'll see. You know what happens there, but I think for now, you know, we're kind of in a spot where guys may be a little bit more like, eh, we got to kind of put play it, you know, cooler a little bit. We did this whole just sign and ask for a trade down the line. I don't think it's going to stop by any means, and, mm -hmm. and I think for most of these guys big deal, $150,000 to get free, especially for a guy like Giannis or Dame, who's making 50 plus a year by the time Giannis signs sure. it with 60, 70. They wouldn't even feel it. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't care, but I think there is some sense of, yeah, we got to be a little bit more careful with that. And to your point, if Giannis's whole thing is like, hey, I'm putting the pressure on you. You got to, you know, keep being good, keep being good. The best way to do that is I can walk away because if Giannis makes it clear of like, hey, I'm going to be a free agent and I'm going to really consider other teams, it'll be just like it was when LeBron was a free agent where you'll have seven, eight teams a year in advance lining everything up yep. to try to get That's cap space, to try to get meetings and try to woo him over to their teams. But that it, if let's say Giannis makes it clear that he's going to pursue free agency, would the Bucks then just say, okay, fine, but then we're going to move you? Like, we're not going to take that risk? Because that, that's one of the most damaging things that can happen to a franchise is to lose a true star mm -hmm. via the free agent market. So wouldn't it behoove the Bucks, pun intended behoove, um, the Bucks <laughs> um, to, to explore the market with him and maybe try to trade him before he can kind of leave them in a lurch? pun office friday i guess that's right that's um, right it, it's uh yeah and that's the way it used to work right was teams used to hey i don't think he's going to be here anymore we're going to look to trade the guy or they run the risk of them walking away it, over the last several years it's turned into we'll extend the player and then two three four years in if need be we'll trade them if that's you know the way we we want to kind of take things so yeah we we could be kind of going back um, in a direction where maybe we are seeing it slide back a little bit towards the old way of free agency and those kind of things. And and that may become a more reasonable path as the cap continues to climb, these salaries continue to climb and those sorts of things. We're, we're going to see, you know, and then the other piece is teams like the Bucks who are sitting right around, you know, they're a second apron team right now. They're in deep into the super tax. Are they going to be a team that's going to say, all right, where do we really want to go? You know, how do we want to work this? You know, where, where, you know, where, where do we want to be, you know, with these kind of things? And that, that becomes the kind of tricky part there is, does that, is that a whole other, a whole other level of mm -hmm. consideration that the teams need to think about is, all right, yeah, we can't have, you know, three guys who make, 60 plus million on our books because it's impossible to build the rest of our roster into a title contender. So that's going to be something that, that that's going to be, um, you know, 
fun to watch develop as teams, players, all sides build their strategies for whatever's next in this new world under this CBA. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the, that's going to be fascinating. And I think different teams will take different approaches to that. I mean, just like we, we saw, I didn't anticipate that the Suns and the Celtics and the, and the clip or the, the Warriors did it too. Kind of, well, no, the Warriors shed Jordan pool, but, but would just say uh, one year, kind of grace period here before the super punitive rules come check in quick. Let's add as much salary as yep. we can and, and, uh, and kind of go at it that way. I thought that this would, would the new CBA would really restrict the super team esque spending. And uh, we saw a few teams that, that just decided to go for it, but we'll see once those extra punitive measures kick in this next summer, if that puts a stop to those things and, and we'll see. What happens there? Uh, we so, got a question in the chat that says, yeah. "Where would you like to see Giannis yes, go that's to?" What I was just getting to. I I want him to stay in Milwaukee. Like yeah. I, I, you know, that's he's now you know Mr. Box there for me. Like it's you know I wasn't old enough to watch Oscar Robertson there, mm-hmm. or obviously even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or any of that stuff. So for me, he's like the Box. Like he is their franchise guy, and the, those guys didn't only play for the Box. I'd love to see him just stay in Milwaukee and you know put play it out there, kind of like what Dirk did. And I, I think too we got to factor in there's a little bit of a different component sometimes when it's an international player because Dirk talked about this a lot. Whatever it was, you know, why did you never leave Dallas? And one of the things he said was, you know, you have to remember when I came to the United States, Dallas was home for me, right? Like that Dallas became my, my home. Like that's where mm-hmm. I, you know, like that, that's just all it was. And that was my home in a whole new different country and in everything else for Giannis. It's the same thing. He's talked about how like he, you know, was Greece and then, you know, Milwaukee. Right. And he's talked about how much that's meant to him that like they you know, really made made that home for him and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, I, I think that's just something else to factor into this as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's why we've we've talked about this before on the show, the theory that if you get a, an international player that becomes a superstar, that may be even better than having mm-hmm. a, a, an American player that's a superstar because that American player grew up playing with in the AAU circuit with a lot of the other guys in the league. They've got a lot of friends in the league. And that creates the the lure of, hey, come play with me over here. They become a bit more of a flight risk than what, what you're talking about with uh, with a player who is from another country, comes over, and their new city becomes like their adopted home. To answer the question, I, I agree. I think that this is um, – that's probably the ideal outcome, right, is that Giannis stays with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what I would like to see as well. Um, the bias in me says, oh, come to the Lakers, right? <laughs> um, you know, maybe, maybe he and uh, LeBron can – you know, tag each other on the way out or something. But, um, but if I had to pick a team, if he is definitely leaving the box, and I just thought NBA wide, what would just be the most fun? Imagine Giannis and OKC. Yeah, that would be a fun team. Yeah, him and Shea. Yeah, that yeah. would be a really fun team. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, that that, that that's your know, great you know group there. Yeah, that would be would be a lot of fun. Yeah, for the most part, I yeah, I just I want him to kind of. Stay in Milwaukee. Well, we'll kind of go go from there. Hey, speaking of of OKC, with a wonderful transition opportunity from Luke here, appreciate it. Said, are we starting to see the impact of teams like OKC hoarding picks, stopping trades as so many teams have limited assets? So, because so many teams have kind of traded their picks into the future, are we starting to see teams that are wanting to go for it? They no longer have that much draft capital to spend. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Only because it's yes, OKC has a ton of future picks, and so do you know a couple of other teams. New Orleans still has some future picks coming their way, both from the Lakers and I think mm-hmm. the Bucks. Uh, they have a pick or several picks coming from them from the Drew Holiday trade um, as well. So I, I just I. They, they don't have so many of all the rest of the team's picks that it's like they, they can do nothing. Even the teams for years, right, kind of the run of this show, we've been talking about Miami and the Clippers and the mm-hmm. Lakers. They, they don't have anything to trade. Well, that's even freed up now in the last year or so. They, they're kind of out from under the long-range obligations. What if anything is making things a little tricky is – and this doesn't fully kick in for you know another year, but it'll be that frozen pick status of yeah. you know can they trade a pick or not? Like that's going to be the hard thing, you know, for these teams is you know can they can they put together these kind of overwhelming packages like what we saw the Suns do for Kevin Durant, where it's all right, here's every pick we can give you, plus every swap we can give you as well um, with that. So now that it's funny in the first round, so in the second round, yeah, it's a super big mess. I mean, there are teams like, oh. you know, we saw Phoenix working some of the most creative trades we've ever seen just to have a couple of picks in hand uh, going into to, to the future with that. So, yeah, it's I think they're we're, we're OK with teams owning draft picks right now. I don't think that's holding things up. I can't remember if it was this year's draft or if it was last year's, but it was uh, there was one of them where um, there were a total of five second round picks that were in the hands of their original teams. Yeah, I think it's kind of both. I'd have to pull it up and look. It's probably um, close for whichever one wasn't. Yeah, it definitely is that way. You know, going forward, there's a lot of teams that don't own their their first round pick. I'm 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 looking at it. I have my my own pick sheet right now, and uh, let's see. All right, Atlanta doesn't. Boston doesn't. Charlotte doesn't. Chicago doesn't. Cleveland doesn't. Dallas doesn't. Denver doesn't. Detroit doesn't. Golden State doesn't. Houston doesn't, Indiana doesn't, Clippers don't, Lakers don't, Memphis doesn't, Miami does if it's 31 to 50. Okay. Uh, Milwaukee doesn't, Minnesota doesn't, New Orleans does, but it could be swapped. Uh, New York doesn't, OKC doesn't, Orlando owns their own pick. Uh, Philly would, but they forfeited it, so they don't. Phoenix doesn't, Portland doesn't, Sacramento does, but Sacramento got it back from Detroit in another in trade. trade. <laughs> uh, and then San Antonio has theirs. If it's 31 to 54 uh, Lakers, uh, I'm sorry. They also have the Lakers pick Toronto doesn't Utah, Washington. So San Antonio, maybe Miami, maybe Sacramento in Orlando. That's it. God, this is, this is like the way I trade picks in fantasy football. Yeah. And, um, and just to circle back here on the, the Pelicans, because yeah, I mean, second round picks essentially get passed around like currency. Like you said, the Kings, uh, the, the pick has come all the way around back to them. Yeah. Um, but the, the Pelicans, they get the Lakers first round pick in either 2024 or 2025. They get uh, a pick swap from Milwaukee in 2024, which again, that's only valuable if the, they have a better record than the bucks do. Uh, they get Milwaukee's 2025 first. There's a pick swap with Milwaukee in 2026 and they get Milwaukee's 2027 first round pick as well. Yep. Uh, yeah. It is protected one through four in 2025. So they have some picks there there too. And Utah too. Utah has Minnesota picks coming in. They have Cleveland picks coming in. They they have a Lakers pick 
probably coming unless it's top four. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're sitting on, you know, a bunch of extra picks as well. San Antonio's got a couple extras coming from the Hawks uh, down the line. So we're in uh, Chicago as well. So we, we're still got some teams that are sitting on some first round picks here what, coming, what, but I, I don't know that it's OKC hoarding. I think it just is kind of a, uh, you know, spot where, you know, there some teams are a little too, too uh, asset uh, poor to to swing some of these big yeah. trades, which is kind of what we're seeing happen with Miami right now. Well, and that's I mean this is this begs the question here. Um, OKC needs to trade some picks. Can only have fifteen players on a team, and usually ten players that matter. Have we hit a point where some teams have been so overly aggressive in getting picks that they might be stuck? Like I'm in I'm in fantasy football mode right now because it is draft season, right? But it's like there's a guy in a league that I just drafted with that two of his first three picks were tight ends. And he thought, oh, I'm cornering the tight end market. Now he's going around trying to trade one of them, thinking that somebody's going to get desperate and give him a ton. And everybody's like, no, we're good. And now he's kind of stuck with two tight ends. Is that the situation here with, okay, see some of these teams that really go heavy after picks, doesn't that inherently devalue some of the picks? Because teams look at them and say, well, you can't even keep all these. So we know you have to trade them. And that can be a, a deterrent or it can help devalue those picks in trade negotiations because that's leverage other teams can use against them. Yeah. We saw it a few drafts ago, Oklahoma city tried to make, you know, a trade and teams are like, nah, we don't, cause we're just going to be in the same boat you're in. I don't need your five picks for my one pick yeah. to be here. Now, ultimately they did pull off a couple of trades in the second round and one in the first round where they moved up. The first round one was where they went up to get Usman Jang. And that ended up being a, a kind of a, that those picks moved around a bunch of times because Charlotte got involved, Detroit got involved, the, the Thunder were involved on the back end of that. So yeah, I, I think they're, they're in a spot, you know, where it's, you know, they, they're, they're good. You know, with this, I think, you know, they're they're in a spot where they can still move guys. Their bigger problem is if they get stuck keeping them, then you run into it. And they're not fully there yet. They're not down into like, man, we're cutting you know, really great players mm-hmm. right now. They're they're still guys that are 11th to 15th men. So not, you know, full scale rotation guys necessarily, but they're decent players that are kind of popping loose here. And we'll, we'll see. They've still got three more waivers they need to make and, and we'll see how that comes down or trades, right? That's always another option too. But yeah, I they they're, they're not in a super tough spot yet. Their bigger problem is going to be second rounders. If they don't move second rounders, they're just going to be loading up with international guys. Yeah, 15 guys that are stashed overseas, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they can't bring them all in. But that's where that'll turn into, hey, you want three second rounders to move up two picks because we right. really like a the guy. They'll be able to do things like that. Well, yeah, I mean, but isn't that like that's more you're paying more because you've got so many extra picks, right? If you only had yeah. maybe maybe two seconds is enough to, to move up seven spots or eight spots or, or whatever it is normally. Yeah. And and you go, well, we'll throw in an extra one because we've got so many uh, that like by having so many picks, I think you I mean, it's it's a supply and demand type thing. You automatically devalue what you what you've got. And I wonder if we're hitting that point with with OKC. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it, we're getting close on that. It's interesting to see how many picks that they have they have put together. Um, I've seen yeah, people say the Bucks deserve Giannis for as long as possible. Yeah. 
I'm fine with that. I think this one's interesting. It's as if Giannis wants to be super famous and to sell his brand. Lakers is the way to go. That's not true. That's been disproven over and over again in the NBA. Guys don't need to be on a big market team or on one of the marquee franchises. In the 80s and 90s, it was. Yeah, exactly. Back in the day, sure. Now, no way. Giannis is a global star already. He's been on the box. Luca's a global star on the Mavericks. Russell Westbrook and KD became global stars on the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. uh, of all teams. Like that's not they, the NBA because it's because it's a it's a team sport with a lot of individual players getting shine. Um, they can come forward and become major uh, superstars um, in this way. So I, I that's just not something that's a concern anymore. Uh, Rohit said, what do y'all do in the off season when there's no FIBA world cup going on? Uh, I don't, I can't speak for Keith. I sit in a dark room and cry as I deal with, with basketball withdrawal. Um, how about you? Yeah. And I'll be, let's peek behind the curtain. My buddy here stresses because he, he feels a constant need to work and pump, pump out things. And then he starts worrying about it. What if there's nothing to put out, out in the world I uh, hear going on? I, I try to catch up on projects. I'm working on a, even though there is the world cup right now, I I try to catch up on stuff. And one of the things I'm working on right now is this uh, project where I'm trying to evaluate. We've had two way contracts for a while. So I'm trying to figure out who's done the best with their two way Mm -hmm. contracts. So I'm collecting a lot of data on that going through and you know, what, what did they kind of, uh, you know, turn into after they were on a two way that turned into a regular, uh, you know, thing and all those kind of things. So I, um, yeah, that's I try to catch up on projects. I try to do other things. I have um, just you can kind of see just a snippet in the corner. I have a stack of books on my desk that uh, I turn the camera just a little um, there. Right. It, like I've not gotten to that. I'm trying to finish and get to and read. And those I try to do in the off season. I haven't gotten there yet with those. So so that that's the kind of stuff I do in the off season. Plus, there's always stuff to watch. Like I'll watch, you know, Summer league games, G League games, trying to familiarize myself with guys who might be in the NBA. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, college guys who are on draft mm-hmm. boards that I don't know anything about. There's always something to catch up on. You can never, you can never learn enough about about this stuff. You yeah. know, so there's, there's really no downtime. There's there's always something something mm-hmm. out there, something that's going on. Um, Luke said, "What are the implications for Charlotte if PJ Washington only accepts the qualifying offer?" Bridges also on a qualifying offer. Well, it's that the, both those guys could be on their way out the door next summer, right? Yep. I mean, that's the, the the crux of it. Yeah, I mean, they'll both be unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. They will both have one-year no-trade clauses because they're on a one-year contract with bird rights from signing the qualifying offer, so they'd be able to block any trade, and you know, if they, the Hornets wanted to move them, they they really control that process. So it gets really tricky uh, with those guys. It's you know, but becomes a whole thing of, all right, where are they going to kind of go, and you know, well, what are we doing? But I. You know, it could just make things more complicated than it needs to be. Do you think that's where we land with PJ Washington qualifying offer? Yeah, I think so. Unless, unless he finally gives in and says, all right, I'll take, you know, 14, 15 million a year mm-hmm. from Charlotte. Sounds like he wants something that averages 20. at least 20. Yeah. And if I'm a Hornets, I'm not sure I really want to go there either. I think they're looking to reset a little bit. Like, let's, let's see what we have this year. Let's get, you know, Miles Bridges back. Let's get our guys healthy and on the floor. We got Brandon Miller, throw him into the mix. Let's see what it looks like. And then let's just kind of go, um, you know, through all this stuff and see, you know, where it all comes out with that and then decide who's part of the long term here. So 
but you know that PJ Washington's a good player. So if you can get him on a, a value deal, yeah, you try to do it. So I, I tend to think, yeah, we're probably headed to towards him signing the qualifying offer. We get a month or so off from training camp. That's what I always think with these restricted guys is they're just going to sign the QO and move on. All right, Keith, uh, this, this next question, um, I'm going to in part just because I want to use the drop by this evening. It is in the Southwest. By this evening, it is in southwestern Georgia. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, hey, Keith, do you think James Harden violated the conduct, conduct detrimental language in the NBPA, uh, and, or is is the NBA NBPA correct to file a grievance, which they have, which they are doing with the NBA? Yeah, answering the second part first, yes, they're correct. That's part of what their job is, is to take care of their players if they feel that they're being unfairly punished, which they clearly do. I it's it's really close to you know to that. It's it's you can't say it's the best interest of basketball to say I'm not gonna, you know, be a part of an organization that this guy's a part of. Now you could flip that and say what he basically said was, Hey Philly, if you want me to show up, fire Daryl Morey. Now, I tend to think that's also not necessarily going to solve the problem either yeah. in Philadelphia. So that's why, you know, they're they're not going to do that. So, yeah, I think um, the MBPA is doing what they should here. And we'll, we'll see, you know, kind of where it comes together. My guess is what actually happens is he gets traded and then this he just pays the fine and says, I got what I wanted. Yeah. You know, but, you know, well, let's just move on. Agreed. Agreed. What's interesting is looking around the league, what teams trade for him? If it's not the Clippers, where does he go? It, that's going to be a big question because it's hard to find a, a landing spot, really. There there will be one, but just on the surface, looking around, it's hard to see a team where it makes a lot of sense or that, that has the movable salary right now to make it even work. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah, if it's not the, the Clippers, I yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see yeah, yeah. Where, where that goes. Hey, we should talk about Dame you know, officially saying what he did. Just so Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's, do, let's do that one as well. Sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, the dames of our lives. The drama continues. The that was my favorite one. <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> it, 
it's you know it, it, it's almost i was thinking about this today i'm like it, it's almost a, it's a little silly the way the nba goes about it like everybody knows he requested a trade like everyone yeah. knows this but well but he didn't say it publicly so that so it's okay it's just if you say it publicly that that you're going to get fined it's a little funny that that's that's kind of where the line winds up being being placed. I know I guess it's got to be somewhere otherwise things could get ridiculous but still um he did admit to requesting a trade publicly admit. So does that mean a fine is coming for Damian Lillard? Yeah, I've been kind of wondering about that myself. Is like is is that where we're going to go with this? Like is you know does that count him basically saying? Now, I think it was very clear in his comments to Mark Spears he was like he was basically like, yeah, I did request a trade, but let's move on. Cause I think he's like, I don't want to give up 150 K, but no. I don't have to like, let's, let's, uh, they'll go in a slightly different direction with this. So yeah, it's, it's it. Would a Dame Harden trade be possible? No. Cause that doesn't benefit Portland at all. Sorry. Uh, uh, Jay Millie 52. It's interesting. I've seen people throw that out there, but why would Portland mm-hmm. want James Harden? Yeah, like that's not that, that doesn't make sense. He wouldn't be any happier. The 76ers would be thrilled. Than he is. Yeah, the Sixers would love to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They'd, you know, call that into the league right now and get it done. Yeah. But yeah, no, they they it just doesn't make sense. And Philly can't give enough assets to make that worth it because they'd have to be paying big time uh, for that one. Now, it could if this dragged out, you know, another you know like three four weeks and run the even training camp. Is there a world where we could see like some kind of three team trade where this happens? And, you know, that's kind of how it plays out. Yeah. I mean, the longer Damian Lillard doesn't get traded to the Miami Heat, the greater the chances some other team swoops in. And the reason I say that is if we go back a year ago, we're like, yeah, when are the Knicks going to finally give up the one or two extra things they need to to get Donovan Mitchell? And then all of a sudden, Donovan Mitchell's on the Cavs. Right. Like that, that kind of came out of nowhere right around this same time of yep. year. Right. If I remember right. So that's where, you know, that could be how this plays out. It could be, you know, some teams just kind of sitting there laying in wait and they're like, all right, let's go. We're, we're ready now. Let's go get Dan and get this done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's um, that may end up being the the path that we go down here as we, like you said, it happened with Donovan Mitchell. It's happened in the past. And sometimes you get situations where players can kind of be irked by that too. If you're, you know, Hey, there's a, you know, I really want to go to this team and this team's trying to trade for me, but that team's wait, they're putting the brakes on and, and only willing to give up this much and not what it takes to actually get me. And, and that can create some, what we saw with the Lakers and Paul George uh, years ago. Let's do one more. It's yeah, from, let's uh, do one more from uh, Aaron. I think it is. Um, he's, Yes. How do you obtain sources and get media pass? Um, yes. Kind of the same question twice. So yeah. Um, the media pass one's a far, far easier question to answer. Yeah. Um, to get a credential, you have to work for a credible outlet and want to cover games that teams in the league feel there's value in you being there in person to uh, cover those games. So that's, that's where that part of it comes from. So uh, you know, as far as I know, I don't know of anybody who can just call up a team and say, Hey, I want to come to a game. Uh, you know, I'm going to cover it and you know, do this. You got to work for somebody, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, one of those things like, I, I know I don't even submit my own media credentials. Those come from my editors, from my, my bosses places, uh, put, put those requests in for me. And unfortunately, I'm generally lucky enough to, to get those credentials approved and go to games and work and cover. And then the big thing is too, 
this is not a complaint by any means because it's the best job in the world. But you are working. It is a job. You're not there, you know, as a fan and all yeah. that stuff. No cheering we, from press row. Yeah, but Trevor yeah. and I both had a million conversations with the younger folks we work with about the first time they go on a credential of you can't cheer, you can't ask for autographs, you can't no. be, you know, fanboying like you're there to work yeah. and you're representing yeah. the company and all those kind of things. So with that, um, the the sources of uh, part of this, there's no one way to 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 that. It's generally what I would say is it's a lot of hard work. It's being available. It's meeting people. It's networking. It's becoming yep. trustworthy and reliable. It's providing some form of help uh, to people in the past. Of you know, for me, that is generally you know, hey, you've been really great with me helping you know answer salary cap questions or you know CBA rules types things. Like hey, I'm gonna I trust you. I'm gonna sign this guy and all those things. But just remember, anytime you try to put stuff out there, it's did did they're using you for that. Like that's, they're using you to put information that they yep. want out there. They're, they're not doing that. And sometimes it's, they're not always using you in the right way. It can be, you know, Hey, this, this team's really interested in my guy. And if you're thirsty enough and you don't vet it and you just run with it, then you'll hear back later of like, Hey, you got used to play a Pinterest because that's not really what's happening. They're just trying to right. get interest in that player or whatever. And sometimes teams do the same thing where it's like, hey, leaked it. This team's really interested in trading for this guy and those kind of things. But in general, you gotta, you know, you gotta play the game. You gotta vet your your information that you get everywhere I work for it's gotta come from two uh places at least, you know, more ideally. You can't just kind of you know run with it from you know, hey, I heard from uh, you know, player X's cousin's wife's hairdresser's boyfriend's sister, you know, that uh, you know, he's interested in signing with this team. With that, you have to work, you have to work at it. It's gonna be incredible. It can be agents, it can be players direct. Players yep. direct are doing more and more. Uh, since even since I started this, yep. they'll reach out and do things on their own now. It can be the player's agent, and then from the teams, it can be anybody within the team that you feel is good. If you, you know, I get people all the time. Hey, my cousin, you know, works in the uh, you know arena ticketing department, and he heard this. How? Like that's you know, if he's not working in the front office or part of the coaching staff or something like that, I'm pro probably going to go go in a slightly slightly different direction with that. Um. Somebody asked, uh, so Trevor, can you go to any Lakers game with a, a media pass? Short answer is yes, but longer and Keith can can go to games as well. Like Keith, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna get credential for the magic this year because yep. you're right there. Um, so yeah, that and that's pretty typical that, that we can do that. However, I tend to not. Um, I don't go to a lot of the games because I do our, our post-game show and I can't I can't do that from from the arena. Um, so typically our uh, site editor who's Daniel Starkand. Uh, goes to the games in LA. He's at every single game because we do have a standing credential with the Lakers. Ryan Ward for us will go uh, as well. When we're out in Vegas, I go to the games on the credential there for Summer League and we'll do some stuff and do some interviews and things of that nature. But um, so again, short answer is yes, I could, but I tend to not because I have to host a post game show and, and do all of that. Yeah. And that's, that's the same, same thing. And it doesn't, you can't, Teams handle credentials individually. So they're like, like just because I'm credentialed to go to magic games doesn't mean yeah. I can walk into a 
you know, Celtics game yes. in Boston and be like, Hey, I have my credential. There are certain, Hey, you guys know me. I'm here. Yeah, exactly. There are certain people within the league who get a league wide credential because mm-hmm. that's what their job is. Right. They travel around from city to city to city and do that. But those are kind of getting less as the media um, world has changed. It's more, you know, now in the media, just to save money, a lot of these places are, you're based in a, in a region. And mm-hmm. it's you're gonna cover you know teams from you know that region, and that's where where you're gonna be. Uh, can you be independent like Mark Stein and get sources? Yeah, absolutely. Mark yeah. has sources. He's been doing remember. this for decades. Exactly. He and Mark started in newspapers, and that's how he built it up. And a lot of this is just being around every single day and in front of the same people and realizing you know if they come to you and say, "Hey, what are you hearing about X?" You're not going to immediately turn around and tweet or share or write, you know, uh, you know, the, the Orlando magic are asking about trading for Giannis, you know, sources say, and then they're like, dude, I was just asking you, you know, what you think about it. Like, I'm not, you know, going there and they're not asking you if they think about it because they really want to like value like what it's more of like, you know, what, what would that do to the cap or, you know, what are you hearing? You know, who else is, is interested in those kind of things. So you got, you got to be really, uh, be cautious with that. Uh, does YouTube count as a credible outlet? I mean, nobody that I know is on YouTube. Like you have to, there's no YouTube credential. Yeah. There's no YouTube credential. Like you're working for somebody, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and YouTube's just the, the, the system that's getting your show. Oh, like front office. We're part of a company. Um, same parent company as medium large, as uh, Lakers nation with medium large. And we're, we're out there, you know, doing, doing our thing under that umbrella. Mm -hmm. You know, we work there. We don't work for YouTube. So, uh, that, um, uh anthony asked can you guys think structure of a front office different position it depends um, on the team yeah it depends on the team it's generally we use the, the catch-all term general manager as like mm-hmm. the, that's really the catch-all for head decision maker but what teams have done is they've introduced things like president vice president of you know president of basketball ops vice yep. president of basketball ops it used to be right when we were kids everybody was a general manager yep. now it's like there's guys above that and then there's a general manager maybe below them so it's structured but it, it really is different some have uh player personnel but every group has a top decision maker that's in charge um that's generally the, the, the names you know like you know masai ujiri and rob Plinka and yep. you know brad stevens and those, danny ainge those kind of guys but under them they have an assistant a lot of those guys get known too and then under that it, that's usually after that it starts to divvy out and you'll have things like the analytics group you'll have a group that's involved with college scouting you'll have a group that's involved with pro personnel scouting you'll have a group that's involved with uh pro personnel scouting but yeah, you know, European uh, side of it. You'll have a group that's involved with, um, you know, European scouting, but draft eligible players. You'll have a group that's involved in salary cap management. You'll have a whole group that might be, um, you know, related to health and nutrition and mm-hmm. those kind of things. And then within that, then there's video groups. And sometimes those video groups, we talked about this with the whole lawsuit that's going on with the Knicks and the Raptors. Sometimes those guys report to, the coaching staff, sometimes you report to the front office. Sometimes it's like a dual reporting relationship there. And then the coaching staff has their own whole side where it's, you know, the head coach is the guy everybody knows and you know, they've got assistant coaches, but then there's player development coaches and there's shooting coaches and, you know, skill trainers. And then there you've got, you know, strength and conditioning coaches and all sorts of stuff. I mean, most of these teams now, even these smaller front offices, you're talking on the front office side alone, 
hundreds of people. And then on the, the side that is, um, you know, the coaching side, probably at least another 80 ish people mm-hmm. in that side. And then that's before you get into like equipment managers and trainers and all these other people who do all this other work. I mean, these, these NBA staffs are absolutely massive um, when you get into them. I mean, you can see most of them. If you go to like most teams, websites, um, especially if you look, and if you look, um, if you, you may have to go into like the media section and pull up the media guide, but they'll list, every single employee in an organization and you can go all the way through. It's uh, it is a ton. You know, there are a ton and ton and ton of people uh, that work in these front offices. They really are. And that's part of why so much information gets out and gets leaked and everything. Cause there's so many different people that are, you know, involved in, in this process. Um, Keith, I, I know we need to, we're on a time. Yeah, crunch, we, so we need to wrap up, we need to wrap up but, but I do appreciate, I know we've got a few questions we didn't get to here, but I do appreciate everybody for joining us today on front office Friday. We're going to, again, try to go back to this being a regular thing that we go live here, take questions and comments as part of our weekly front office show that we put out. Um, of course you can find us most days of the week. Uh, every once in a while, there'll be a slow day and we'll take a day off, but Monday through Friday, most days we are over on the front office, YouTube channel. So make sure you guys find us there, subscribe to the channel, turn on those notifications. And of course, go follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Keith, this was a lot of fun, and uh, let's have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, let's do it. All right. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.